0: I love yeah. that they're like oh but unfair it's a community people fucking worked out here yeah the fuck you think you just have a community the fuck do you think's going on in here this is fucking this is fucking gray hairs bitch this is fucking 15 years of fucking going hard and never compromising my word and being like fucking that guy and doing the right things behind the scenes in front of the scenes like the fuck do you think is going on on here
1: 100%
0: oh by it- the way V friends Dominating, And oh, by the way, on the record, so I can recall this clip one day, it's going to be the fucking project. The single one. I'm building fucking Disney. Right in your fucking faces. Let's go, gay. Okay? Let's
1: go. I love go. it. Seriously, love it. though, I'm like yeah. just so
0: confused. Like, well, of course. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm building this community when you were fucking sperm in your dad's dick. <laughs> 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 like, there it like, is. Like, fuck you. Like, uh, well, he has a community. No shit. I built it. I earned it. Are we going to talk about that?
1: Welcome to the NFT Now podcast.
2: Every Wednesday we speak with trailblazing artists, collectors and technologists about how NFTs are redefining the creative economy and how you can be a part. I'm Sam Heisel, I'm Alejandro Navia
1: and I'm Matt Medved and we're on a mission to empower the creators
2: of culture. Welcome to the show. Alejandro, Matt, what's happening? How are you feeling? Feeling amazing, Sam.
3: How about yourself, Alejandro? Man, I'm feeling so groovy, man, and feeling so aligned. Th- this has been an incredible week in the NFT world. Sam, who do we have on as our guest today?
2: Uh, it's uh, kind of random. You may have heard of him. He goes by the name of Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk, the one and only. We have the uh, the, the fortune of getting to dive deep with Gary today. For those of you that aren't familiar, Gary is the founder of VaynerMedia, VaynerX, It's a very long-storied career at uh, identifying being early on different trends as it pertains to how consumers engage with technology and different creators and brands through the internet. Um, VaynerMedia has grown into a a true behemoth of of a marketing and ad agency serving lots of the top brands. Then went on to really build what's X, which is this kind of overarching holding company for all of his different ventures, be it Vayner Sports, his sports agency, Vayner Talent, talent representation, Vayner Speakers, the Gallery Media Group, which owns PureWow, as well as One Thirty Seven PM. So he's, he's very much a titan in business, always been at the forefront of social media, digital marketing. So it's no surprise that as this new technological medium emerges, he's very quick to understand where the opportunities lie and set a precedent at how different brands can leverage it within the space. We're excited to dive into lots of this. And I do want to say I'm very grateful, and this kind of comes up, but did have the fortune of getting to, to see the, the man in action prior to starting NFT Now. I had the great opportunity to, to work with Gary and, and help build Vayner Talent, which is an incredible division within the Vayner media landscape. And a lot of the principles that I've learned there are actually what we're largely getting to do to, to empower the creators of culture and help foster mainstream adoption of NFTs through NFT now. So really grateful for this conversation. What stood out to you guys, Matt?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, in addition to all those things, Gary is a really, you know, respected and watched collector in the NFT space, loved hearing his perspective. The man owns 60 CryptoPunks. You heard it here. Uh, And he's a really successful builder in the space. VFriends is one of the top 30 projects, all time sales volume on OpenSea. That's no small feat. Uh, He has really doubled down on utility and access and creating value for his holders. And I think it's really interesting hearing him talk about his vision for that and, you know, that community that he built with blood, sweat, and tears over 15 plus years. Man, you're absolutely
3: correct. And that building on that community, just to segue on that, what stood out for me is like... His distinction between an influencer and an operator and how like an operator can definitely become an influencer and just keep in the keeping his eye out on operators and following people's careers. You know, he's been following your career, Sam, and now he's probably keeping tabs on us and seeing that how we operate and how uh, the operators in the space are actually the ones that create value. The other two things that really stood out for me is like he's waiting you know, he's strategically waiting for a winter. He's waiting for that bear market and strategically so that he can continue to create value. You know, for his NFT holders, like I, he's not waiting for something negative to happen. He's actually waiting for that to happen so that then he can create something positive for the holders who are holding on to that. So that was a really good signal for me. Uh, even though I don't hold a V friends, like that gave me a little bit of FOMO, ain't gonna lie. And, and then the last thing, like final, like thing is like for me is as you guys know, I'm incredibly passionate about the intersectional mental health and emerging tech and our community and just his his perception and his perspective on mental health and his approach. And, you know, we did have a a little bit of a, a, a nice conversation around the concept of hustle porn and his response was really powerful. So I'm excited for our listeners to get to dive deeper into that part of the conversation, too
2: yeah no tons, tons of gems. super grateful to have them on. If you haven't already, do want to encourage you to check out our newsletter nftnow.com. We distill a lot of the different things that are happening in the NFT market into very simple weekly digest of actionable insights so you can get involved. but without any further ado, let's get involved with the the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Gary V. Gary, what's happening, man? Welcome to the NFT Now podcast I finally made it. That's right, that's right You're here um, to, to jump right in, man, I, I know like you've always been big on finding underpriced attention. NFTs aren't necessarily a, like a platform per se, but they do represent a new way to grow, engage, and reward community. Yeah. So I'm curious, how do you feel creators and brands can take advantage of the underpriced attention within NFTs to drive growth?
0: Um, by doing the blueprint, and obviously you know this, you were in the underbelly and you've gone on now to do it extremely well. It's the same game. If you believe that a thing is uh, out there that allows you to tell your message um, and most people don't see it. You have to become deeply educated and understand it and then you have to be good at doing it, right? So I'll give you a historical reference. The religious institutions in the world were the first movers on the printing press. To this day, we are a religious-based world because they underpriced arbed print right like the television completely changed the geopolitical world right like ronald reagan was running a media company out of the white house it changed people's perceptions um and then the internet came along and all sorts of new stuff started happening because of that and then obviously in the last decade We had a layer called social media. We were all connected. And then whatever layer, whatever platform within that layer was popping became the arbitrage. Dane Cook was selling out stadiums because he arbed MySpace. Right? Like, you know, Ashton Kutcher became a much bigger icon and kind of converted from that silly dude on that sitcom to kind of like a force because he arbed Twitter. DJ Khaled had a 20-year music career, and he did a great job, but he was in the middle, and he became a superstar because he arbed Snapchat, right? Charlie D'Amelio went from being a teenager in in a room in Connecticut to being, you know, a highly paid personality uh, because she arbed TikTok. And then a trillion things that happened, whether it was YouTube or Twitter, Facebook, or even micro moments. Logan Paul arbed Vine, So even though Vine was a nine-month arbitrage, Logan and King Batch today are meaningful personalities making, you know, impact or financial rewards or whatever they're up to. Batch on his way to being a major Hollywood famous actor, Logan being a pop culture kind of voice. Like, this is real stuff. You know, so, you know, Mr. Beast in 1986 is probably in a lower level... Hollywood job hoping to make it one day versus one of the biggest stars in the world. So you just arb and arb and arb. And, you know, John F. Kennedy doesn't win the election if there's not a television because he got crushed in a debate by Nixon on radio. These are historical truths. Um, there's a reason when there's a coup d'etat in a country that at the same time they go after the palace and go after the president, they equally at the same time the army goes after the radio and the television station. How things are communicated are how they are. And I don't have to talk about the last 10 years of politics, right? And I think everyone's in that cocoon. and, And NFTs are now a version of that. And I'll tell you why. I'm gonna say something that I think has really crystallized for me that I think matters. I believe that humans communicate more by the things they buy than by the words they say. That's always been the case historically. Right. Yeah, it's always been the case. Like, that logo on your hat right now is you communicating? Me wearing oh, this backwards, sure, communicating? Sam's black shirt, chain, communicating? Like we're communicating. Signaling, right? right?
3: It's like that signaling thing. Like wearing purple. It's like when royalty wore purple, right? Like when royalty wore purple, and, right? And, like it, and it's
0: always mattered. It's always mattered. Chiefs with, you know, paint from berries on their face to me walking down the street and seeing somebody have a Jets hat on and feeling connected to them the same way that somebody would walk by somebody with a cross or a Star of David and feeling... I, I genuinely know what... When people like, are very deeply religious and I, and I know them and they give love to somebody like who's the same religion doing a, a social communication through a, a chain or a yarmulke or whatever it might be, I, I've always connected to that because it's literally it's just truth. It's literally the way I feel about the Jets. I, I genuinely am in an airport and see somebody walking by with a Jets hat and I feel related. It's tribalism, it's humanity, And we have been communicating through the things we buy forever. Nobody, look at social media. Why I was so strong in my social media career is I've always understand and always understood and executed on these human truths. So what I understood was people wanna communicate and this was scaled communication. I'm gonna show you a picture of me at Disney World. Like that's me communicating. That's why you took photos and brought them back and showed all your neighbors. It's what we do. The fact that we now have NFTs where it's scaled matters because humans want to say to other humans, look at me, look at how much happier I am, look at how more successful I am than you. It is, a, it is just the way it is, right? Or look at the things I'm interested in if you want to go on a more noble version of it. That's why logos like the BMW and the Mercedes and the Ferrari matter. That's why people buy burka bags. That's why people buy limited edition sneakers. The fact that we now have the consumer blockchain where it takes all of these energies and takes them at scale is fascinating. And here's my favorite part. Everyone's like, this is the most funny thing about new technologies. When the internet came along and I told everybody I was gonna sell wine on the internet, every argument that was made was actually made in pro internet. People didn't understand it. Uh, Gary, okay, Gary, yeah, people are going to buy wine on the internet. Why would they do that? And then I would say to them, this is literally 22-year-old me. I would say to them, why wouldn't they? <laughs> like, why would I go to the store for 30 minutes, wait in line for four, drive back home and drink my wine, like, when I could just order it tomorrow? Like, like what do you do? T- and they thought, well, it will take a full day. And I knew that 99% of shit you don't need today. Like, you don't need the cereal right this fucking second. Like you could buy it and come tomorrow. Like, and then that's better than going to shop, right? When everyone's like, this is such bullshit, you can just right click and save it and then I own it. I'm like, ironically, that's the argument for the blockchain. You can easily take a photo outside a hot nightclub next to an expensive car and try to make pretend it's yours. People do it all the time. You can easily time. borrow your friend's watch, put it on, take a photo and make pretend it's yours. People do it all the time. People have paid companies to, for the setting of a private plane for the photo to flex on the gram. What's ironic yep. is the way the world is now is actually fake. The blockchain's not. World of Women are popping off right now. I can tell popping you all, everybody off. who owns the 59 night goddesses. Yep. You can right click it and be like, yo, got the goddess. I'll be like, actually you don't. That's this person's wallet. So what everyone's making, that that's what's so fun about big technologies. They fuck with people so much that their cynical point of view is actually the argument for the reverse. The reverse <laughs> is happening. The blockchain's actually gonna help you know who does own this shit because you've been faking shit your whole life. You've been buying fake shit. You've been buying fake Yeezys. You've been taking your friend's car for a spin. People, <laughs> renting, people yeah. rent cars for the photo. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? The world's yeah, biggest. fake. You're going to be triggering the a block- lot of
3: people, man. You're going to be triggering I'm, I'm tr- a lot of people, I'm,
0: Gary. I'm going to trigger a lot of people because I want to help them. Because if they're triggered right now, I'll be like, yo, wait a minute. That's cr-. Because it's so easy and lazy without any homework to be like, this is stupid. I'm going to right click the JPEG and now I got it. What they don't understand is they just have become their mothers and fathers from 30 years ago. The shit the kids made fun of their parents for, not putting a credit card into a computer, uh, using a beeper instead of an iPhone, all the shit that these 20, 30, 40 year olds that are fudding on NFTs made fun of their parents for, they don't realize they've become their fucking parents.
1: Well, Gary, it's been a bit of a, a crazy week in the NFT markets. Um, we saw the OG project Crypto Skulls popping off, topping OpenSea volume, um, and arguably setting off sort of a bull run on historical NFT projects. Oh. And I know you've been a big proponent of, of historical NFTs for a while. Um, what's your thesis around historical NFTs, and how do you assess which projects are going to hold value?
0: Um, so, I have been massive on them, as you know. Like. I think people have asked me recently, what's my favorite NFT non-V friends? And I throw them off. It's my complete plasma bears made by X copy.
1: We love the a, bears.
0: The bears are crazy because they got the cause thing. It's cool. It's got a shot. But what a lot of people don't know is that X copy, the fucking guy, the Banksy of the space, he made three of the bears. That's right. And I've, and I've got three complete ones. And like, literally they're like, I'm like, this is the one thing I've got that could go seven figures eight figures for real. For If this is really Jackson Pollock and Andy Warhol time, like this shit could be like, like I could be really doing the recall clip of this show right now in 30 years and like Christie's 91 million. Like they could get that crazy. So that's why I get, so I love historic. Here's why. There's more PFP projects that were dropped today. 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 F- fancy pants flamingos fucking <laughs> as fuck you know hippos right like fucking you know like giraffe gang society there was more of those dropped today than there were full projects done from 2017 to 2019 i think 99 percent of the shit that's out now dies i think the one percent becomes the amazon and the ebay's Me, Bored Ape, World of Women, or whoever, maybe none of those three, and I'm pretty confident, but, you know, like, you know, but there'll be 10, 15, 20 projects that are the Transformers, the He-Man, the Thundercats, the My Little Ponies, just like in the 80s cartoons popped off big brands. There's 20 right now of these 40, 100, 500,000 projects that are going to be fucking bananas, pun intended for punks, big shout out, I mean, for apes. Then there's, so that's that. So there's 20-30 yep. projects to 2020, 20, 20, 20 excuse me, 2021, 20, 2022 20, projects. There's 20-30 of us that are going to build the Transformers, the He-Man, the My Little Pony. Then there's I don't know how many because not every project that's historic is going to go, but there's absolutely like I would much rather buy Mooncats or Crypto Strikers or something like that than any new mint with juice. Invisible People's, I hope it's phenomenal and it's hot as shit and everyone's waiting. But like, I I really do think like, if you ask me, put me in the corner, push comes to shove. What's sitting on the, what's really popping off in 2030 when this is really happening? I'm buying a lot of OG projects, which is why I bought skulls at four o'clock in the morning, which is why yeah. I bought plasma bears, why I bought punks, why I have a lot of that kind of art, crypto arte, like why I have that stuff some of that stuff's gonna really, really. I mean, Crypto Strikers is the first sports Ethereum project, and there's a fucking Messi and Ronaldo in there.
1: Yeah, no, a and Mosala Mo
0: right now, who might be the best football player in the world right now, right? Like, there's like, yep. re, like that project is crazy slept on. Agreed. First sports Ethereum, you know, project from World Cup that year. Mbappe's in there. That's their rookie cards, guys. Wild. Everything I'm buying right now, I'm buying for my belief that it means something when the whole shit hits the fan. Yep. Basically right now I'm trying to buy as many Amazon and eBay internet stock projects, meaning in 99, I knew the internet was going to be everything. I didn't have right. money. So I bought like very few stocks, but I bought Amazon and eBay because I knew them. And then when the shit hit the fan, I had some, you know, I had like 10, 15 K yeah. and I didn't buy them on the floor. I didn't buy them when everything got wrecked, March 2000. I didn't buy them. And they were like 6 $7, $2 a share. Yeah. And, but I knew. And, a and it was a lesson. So right now I'm sitting and I'm like, man, whenever the NFT winter comes, I'm going to buy the shit. I'm going to know a lot. And like, do I believe in cool cats? Do I believe in creatures? Danny Cole, I believe in creatures. Yeah. So if those fuckers nope. are i I'm, I'm wrapping oh, it right now. Love it. So if that shit's yeah. like, like I'm talking if there's a winter, there may not be a winter, but if there is, and that shit goes from, I think it's like 1.5 floor right now, if that shit goes to 0.05 or 0.07, because if there's a winter, this shit's all going low, that's gonna be my moment to strike.
3: Totally. We'll be right next to you, bro. We'll be right next (laughs) to you, Gary. We'll be like, you know what I mean? We're definitely coming. But you know what's so funny? And
0: I mean this, like a lot of people say that it's hard to buy when you lost 99% of your worth. You know, right now it was like I'll sweep too, Gary. I'm like, cool. You better have USD. Yeah, because that's a winter, right. a winter means all your NFTs lost ninety five percent and your ETH is shit. So where are we at? So like a lot of people, there's a lot of strategy. <coughs> excuse me, I have a little cough. There's a lot of strategy needed right now, and I hope people are being thoughtful. Don't spend money you can't afford to lose. Totally. Know that ninety eight to ninety nine percent are vulnerable. Like that's right. You know, like look, Zion Williamson rookie cards were very valuable. 24 months ago, he got hurt, and like that's the risk of investing in sports right. cards, right? So, like, there's just a lot to think about during this time, but it's a fun, fun time.
1: A hundred percent. Well, let's 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 talk a little bit about your collection for a second. Um, how many crypto punks do you own now?
0: How many punks do I own <coughs> yeah. do I own? I own the same amount. I haven't sold any. So what is my number? Is my number six? Because I bought one. I bought a hologram. Uh, I think I'm at six. I mean, it's on. Let me just find it for you. <laughs> Larva, My, this is what's so fun. It's like all you, you can know. Just check the box. Yeah, yeah. I just got to go look for rankings. I think sixty. I think sixty. It's a
1: nice round number. Yeah. <laughs> so let me ask you this question, Gary. Like,
3: yeah, on the punks, right? Yeah. yeah. How early, what's the dollar cost average? Because I know you spend a couple mil on some, you've dropped, you've, you've dropped some significant weight on them, but yep. you've also been part, we've heard through the grapevine that you, you like to call people like 4 AM. you be like, yo guys, punks, we've heard about the story of the punks story. By punk the way, on the record on this, this,
0: on this whole Logan, like obviously this has gotten some juice. Oh, by the way, I also put in my Instagram stories seven hours later and told all my community, you should buy these things.
3: So talk to me, where, when did you first get into k Like, was it before the, late, the, the surge? Late December,
0: or? all of January. And I bought, like, if you look at my, I transferred to my Gary Vee, uh, but I, I think it was like February, oh, look right now, February 14th or something like that. Um, so let me see, is this my ape, I think? Yeah, so here's my ape. Um, I have 60, by the way. 60. And so if I click, if I click my first one... I think this is a modest number, you know?
3: Out of 10,000, 60 is a modest number, you know?
0: January 31st.
2: Damn, I like it. Well, I, I know, too, Gary, and I think one thing that's interesting as we really look into 2022, so much of the mainstream markets understanding is based on what's been this big breakout vertical in NFTs being digital collectibles, PFP projects. But I think, we, as we all know, this will be deeply penetrating all sorts of different industries and elements of consumer culture. That's so right. if, we, if we say that 2020 was DeFi summer, 2021 was JPEG summer, what do you think 2022 is shaping up to be?
0: 2022 summer, I I never do well with guessing. You know this, Sam. I always say that (laughs) I like, I don't predict. I just, um, you know, I just observe quickly and then, right? Um, But if I had to guess, I would say 2022 summer is photography summer.
3: Let's go. How many, how many one-on-ones that. do you hold photography? Because like, like, you always I've, say, like, watch what I've, I do, not what I talk about. So, like, how many NFTs you got in one-on-one photography right now, Gary?
0: I have two twin flames from Justin. And I have a project that I've been looking at, <coughs> excuse me, very carefully that I'm about to really go in on. But I haven't started my photography. And here's why. Same reason my one of one art is more limited the back of my shelf in my office has been consistent for the last seven years since we moved into Hudson Yards, right? Like, everybody knows, this is what's fun about documenting your life. I am a pop culture collector. Sports cards, comics, toys, sneak, right? So PFPs speak way more to me. I owned no art. I own no photo. I actually have one. I have an Andy Warhol, uh, um, you know, uh, what is that thing? Uh, Polaroid of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? Like, but I'm not like my natural instincts don't go towards actual art and photography. They went towards punks, right? They went towards building mm-hmm. B friends. What's wild is the reverse. I can't believe how much I want to buy physical art right now.
1: Yeah. NFTs I love that. have
0: sucked me in in reverse. I can't believe that I looked at some photography the other day at the airport, stopped out of my tracks, and I'm like, these are cool. And then I like <laughs> just kept moving. And then like an hour later, I'm like, motherfucker. The reason I did that is because I've been looking at photography, NFT, like, so it's really cool. So the the answer is I bought flames because I think Justin Abbasano is really the guy for this. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've got several things that I'm looking at that I think are are really interesting. And it's a big commitment of mine that in the next 60 days, I'm going to start getting a little more serious about photography.
1: Um, You know, V Friends has blown up. Um, so a- as more creators and brands begin releasing sort of these community utility NFTs, how do you sort of balance the desire to create value for your original holders while still like, keeping it accessible for new fans?
0: By balancing it. <laughs> this is the best part of blockchain. It fully suffocates any excuses. I can't wait for shit to hit the fan and all the big projects say things like, well, we're sorry, the market's down. I'm like, really? Because you can do anything. Did you save money when you were making all sorts of money, or did the founders all go buy private planes? Like I'm t- like when everyone's like, oh Gary V, for, you know how it is, right? Gary V made, I mean the full send podcast that I just did. The title says how Gary V made ninety million, and in the podcast I'm like, I didn't make ninety million. I'm like, it's at the time of the clip that went viral, it, V friends had done ninety million in commerce. I did fifty million on the original mint. And then there was 40 in secondary that I got 10% of. So that's 54. Oh, by the way, I have a huge staff already. Ungodly amounts of money are going to Minnesota for VCon1, right? And, and oh, by the way, the most important part, I'm putting USD in the bank so that when NFT winter comes, I can deploy that USD to take care of the people that own V1,
3: Yo, Gary, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Because, like, so many different people right now, there's a lot of FOMO around, like, you know, securing the bag, right? Like, there's a lot of people like pumping and coming back and hoping for that next big win. How important is it as a disciplined investor to secure the bag and actually bring the metaverse riches into the real world?
0: It depends on what you want to happen. Like, really, I'd prefer to keep my money in ETH or Solana or something else, to be frank. I just, care about my reputation over everything and I know if shit hits the fan that I'll need USD to do good shit for my token holders because I can create utility on top of it forever a lot of a lot of my friends that really know me really know me have had some really interesting combos with me they were like why like because they don't understand web 3 and a lot of them like were very confused why I went so out in front on something so volatile they're like, you've cultivated and been so careful and have left hundreds of millions of dollars on the table to not, real, like you've built your reputation over the money and now you're doing this and they think this is high risk. And I'm like, it's the reverse. This is the brain fuck that nobody sees. The reason I went so out in front is there's no risk for me on it. If VFriends went from 40,000 floor to 100 bucks, I can announce tomorrow a new utility on top of V V1 holder. The blockchains allowed me to have no vulnerability. I was more vulnerable on people buying my sneakers, K-Swiss collaboration, and trying to flip them on eBay than I am with VFriends. Because I'm accountable to my audience. So the answer to your question, Ali, is like, what's your strategy? Are you an anon and like gonna like just disappear off the face of the earth after it's all bad and be like, sorry, like, sorry that my giraffe didn't do well for you? Or are you out in front like I am, and I'm going to go forever? And like, like I, one of the reasons I did VCon, I'll give you an alpha. One of the reasons I did VCon for three years was it was my gut feeling that things were about to explode, and that would be at least twelve to eighteen months. And then I was like, then I don't really know, because I don't. I'm like, all right, let me do this for three years, just in case if the shit hits the fan after year three and it's like, blah, right, I could just decide to add three more years of VCon to the original token, which subsidizes the losses. I could, I don't have to, I'm definitely not obligated. And especially now, right? Like all these people paid $2,000 for these things. Like there's a little bit, one of the biggest fears I have is there's a complete lack of accountability by the communities of these projects. So if you look at the community, like if you go to a project right now that minted at 0.07, got as high as four, and let's say is at 1.3. If you go into that Discord right now, they're all shitting on the founders. The fuck are you gonna do? Drop a in, pump the floor, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, fuck you, why don't you sell it four? And oh, by the way, you paid 07. Like the, yeah. en- the entitlement of holders, and then they're like, it's about the community, it's about the community. It's- no, it's not. 99% that of people boy. here, Yeah. 99% sure. of people here are strictly here to fucking make short-term day trading money. This is why internet stocks died. There was day traders sitting at their computer in 99. They didn't care about the internet company. They were just looking for arbitrage. You think people here, 90, I'm watching these, I read these discords for four hours a day anonymously. Yeah. These people are here for short-term financial thing and trying to act like they care. And let me tell you about communities. Let me tell you about the 1990, you know, uh, 1990s Bulls fans community in Chicago. Let me tell you what they did. They showed up every fucking night and went crazy and loved life. And they wore their number 23 jerseys, just like people wear their Bored Ape hoodies. And everything was fucking amazing. And then the Bulls sucked and they all disappeared.
2: Not this year, bro.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, I'm impressed cool. with the Bulls are um, <laughs> They really have a nice team. Uh, and miraculously, and I'm sure you know this, Sam, like all of a sudden it seems like there's more Bulls hats and more Bull hoodies. of the people that tweet out and discord, it's all about this community, it's all about this community, are completely full of shit. It's code for, let's keep pumping this for my self-interest, for my short-term financial wants.
2: Yeah, for sure. The end. Thousand percent, thousand percent. I mean, it is interesting, and I'm excited to see how this evolves a little bit because now fans actually do have a deeper sense of ownership and connection to the different brands and creators they support. So it could be interesting to see how that, that true sense of communal ownership it, it,
0: it's it's I can tell you how it plays out. You have a lot of people who buy Tesla stock and then buy a Tesla, uh, own Coca Cola stock and drink Coke, not Pepsi. Yeah. What they don't understand though is, they're betting on the CEO. Right. They're not betting on the collective. Like everyone's like, it's us, and I'm like, it's not.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's just for not. Sure. I mean, totally. now look,
0: giving rights, board ape world of women announced today. Mm -hmm. it's gonna be amazing to watch this evolve yeah right like i'm so fascinated to learn and i think that's a great way to go about it and then there's gonna be a lot of projects where it's not there and the founder she or he is going to be the the binary primary rationale to why something's successful or not
2: totally totally i love that and to um one other thing too i just kind of want to speak to is like the, a lot of people are, inti- are intimidated on how to really engage in the space, on the, the creator, on the brand side, on the, the collector side. Focusing on the, the creators and brands for a sec, there's really become this kind of starter kit of sorts for a decentralized Web3 pack, right? You have the NFTs, social tokens, and DAOs. So I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, given all the, the different tools that are, are growing at people's disposal, how do you feel creators and brands should evaluate which models to leverage as they venture into Web3? <laughs>
0: Models and uh, brands and creators have a very big problem. 99% of them only have their own financial self-interest in mind. So I think the first thing they need to do is go to the temple of giving a fuck about the consumer. Before they do anything, they need to understand this is not marketing anymore. This is not a brand deal anymore. This is not selling a hoodie anymore. This is big stakes, big girl, big boy shit. This is what I fucking been building for and waiting for. Just didn't know it was going to come. Didn't know what it was going to be. But here we are. Like, let there be no confusion. You, people think I did a good job with Web 2. They're seeing the preview. I've had a big year. I don't think there's any confusion. It hasn't even started. I am built. And Sam, you know this. This is what's so cool about me being on this show. And you, you just have a better peek into this. I'm a fifty-one forty-nine dude. I know what to get with 49 cents out of the dollar and I'm gonna put 51 fucking cents into the other person. Employee, fucking fan, right? Yep. The problem is 99% of creators are zero 100 people. It's not going to work in NFT land. What's my advice? First go to the temple of giving a fuck about your audience. And nobody's there. Nobody's yep. there.
3: What does that look like in practice? Like, yeah, in going practice it means
0: when you make your fucking project, everyone, I've talked to 700 trillion people in the last year. Every CMO, spoke to seven CMOs of the of massive companies in the last 24 hours and I've spoke to six people that have 10 to 40 million followers on a, a platform, TikTok or YouTube, literally in the last, call it a week. Every one of them, all of them, 99.9% of the energy of the first 15 minutes is how do I maximize the money I get in right away? Not even a peep of a, Well, if somebody buys this fucking virtual teacup, the fuck's gonna happen to them after they pay 700 bucks for it in two years? Every brand is now in the Hess truck Starbucks mugs business, but they don't realize it. Right? Like, like people are just confused. They don't understand what's happening. And they got away with short term behavior in Web 2. And they're gonna get slaughtered for it in Web 3 because it's fucking documented in perpetuity. The reality is like, it's all documented. Like, you know, again. Seven or eight people I really, two or three people I really like and respect our community were like, yo, fucking Gary B because there was like miscommunication. Somebody, you know, everyone headline reads, right? Like Gary B pump and run. I'm like. Totally. Like, but, but, but unlike sports cards, which really took a lot of juice out of me. Sam, you were there when I was starting to talk about it and like how enthusiastic I was. When people are just making up shit for their narrative, because they've got pain in their own hearts and they're just trying to tear me down because they're not in a happy place and making up stuff that just isn't true. He's pumping Durant. He sold it. All 600 of my Durant rookie cards are sitting in my fucking house right now. Right? Like, but I don't have the, I it's not so easy for me to show you the, I could show you the invoice that I bought the 600 from, but you could say I doctored it. My my entire fuck, and this is why I made both of my accounts public Gary BB Friends and Ginazi. I'm like, I want none of the, I, listen, I'm not naive. I'm scared shitless. I bought one little NFT today because it just caught my eye. And literally when I hit, Like, to mint it, I swear to God, what went through my mind is like, fuck, man. I hope no, like, because I, literally, I was sad, you know why? Because I know there's hundreds of people watching my wallet, and I'm like, I hope this thing doesn't run. Like and, and, like and, like, somebody's like, Gary Vee, you fucking, you tweet, you buy something, and then you tweet it, and it fucking goes. I'm like, motherfucker, it's the blockchain. Yeah.
1: I <laughs> it's admit, there in perpetuity. <laughs>
0: I, I'm like, I've said 99% of projects don't work, aren't going to work. I've said, please don't buy like me. I'm buying for three to seven years. You're buying for day trading. I'm like, what, what, what do you fucking want from me? What do you fucking want from me? They can see it. It's a public fucking wallet. What do you want from me? You don't want me to tweet? Here's my favorite part. Well, fucking... Of course Gary Vee should have. He is, his fucking community. As if my community wasn't earned through blood, sweat, and tears for the last 15 years of working my face off, replying to millions of people on DM and comments, never trying to do wrong by my community, always trying to be a man of my word and stand up, always thinking about them, always giving without any expectation of asking. As if the community I fucking earned for the last 15 fucking years for 15 hours a day is something that I should, is unfair. Why don't you build a fucking community? Motherfucker.
1: <laughs> Mic drop right there.
0: <laughs> I mean, as I love yeah. that. They're like, oh, but unfair. It's a community. People fucking worked out here. Yeah. The fuck? You think you just have a community? The fuck do you think's going on in here? This is fucking, this is fucking gray hairs, bitch. This is fucking 15 years of fucking going hard. And never compromising my word and being like fucking that guy and doing the right things behind the scenes and front of the scenes. Like, the fuck you think is going on on here?
1: 100%. Oh, it's-
0: by the way, V Friends dominating. And oh, by the way, on the record, so I can recall this clip one day, it's gonna be the fucking project, the single one. I'm building fucking Disney right in your fucking faces. Let's go, Gary. Let's
1: go. I love it. Go. Seriously, love it. though, I'm like just yeah. so
0: confused. Like, well, of course. I'm like, motherfucker, I'm building this community when you were fucking sperm in your dad's dick.
1: <laughs> there it like, is. Like, fuck you.
0: Like, uh, well, he has a community. No shit. I built it. I earned it. Are we going to talk about that? Facts. No wonder uh, all these people that are sad that I have a community and then I, you know, I'm funny. I do research. Oh, he has a community. I fucking look. They're fucking shilling shit. They're doing, people are saying shit about people that they do.
1: On like a micro level, I'm like, right? No, I'm like,
0: yeah, I'm like, of course you're not gonna have a community Penguin Face 47. It's because, <laughs> it's because you fucking are trying to make $200 in profit without any worry about anybody else in the next 24 hours. You're not gonna win Penguin Face 47. You'll never have a community because you're about you. I have one of the biggest communities that fucking matter because I'm about them. I can get my 49 cents. This fifty one forty nine. when I'm long gone, you know how Moby Dick got real big after the author died? I know in my soul that all my heat is going to be when I'm in the fucking ground getting eaten by urn, you know, fucking worms. That's when my heat will There's come mushrooms.
3: There's mushrooms now. There's mushrooms now. Mushrooms good, will eat you Good, I'm, I'm about it. fungi. <laughs> I'm about
0: that fungi. Like, people need to understand, man. Like, fuck, like... Like, this is about giving more than taking and then being talented enough to know what you do with your smaller percentage. Totally. That You want to mic drop that. Give yep. more than you fucking get and then know That's what it, to man. do with what you get. That's yep. what I'm fucking trying to be the best in the world at. And I'm fucking feeling decent at 46. And at 64, when I flip the numbers, I'll be a fucking bigger, badder, better, kinder, leaner, fucking better machine of that.
1: I love it. I love it. And you know, speaking about your community and and how and giving back to them, um I know utility is just at at the core of what you're doing like you ju- and you just launched flyfish uh yes. you you've got some big things planned for v friends. Tell us a little bit about just just like you know the how you think about utility for a I think,
0: community I th- and what I think I'm doing more utility than anybody, like fucking vcon came out with a three year ticket, different utility, and then all the layers of like FaceTime Fox, the brunch Bears I did that fucking. Flyfish, the first you know, restaurant, like it's taking the old country club model and Soho House and Zero Bond Club and making it an asset. So we're gonna work our faces off to make it the hottest place in New York. And then people are gonna be when they're done coming 13 times, sell it and turn it into an asset instead of re-upping their dues in case they go. Like it's this is what's amazing about the blockchain. You're fucking aligned. Do you understand you're aligned? But most people are gonna fuck it up because they're gonna do it all about themselves. But you're aligned. I'm aligned to make Flyfish Club with Roddy and Capon and Connor the hottest fucking best private club restaurant in the world. You know why? Because people are going to still keep wanting to come in and people are going to trade those things and we're going to make a royalty. We're aligned. Right? Look what I did with book games. People bought a physical book. I love people trying to FUD book games. They have no idea what they're talking about. I put out 125,000 tokens on layer two that has a 0.16 floor right now. 125,000 on fucking immutable layer two that's only sold on token trove.
1: I love that. And People
0: people are fucking confused, Maddie.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, with book games, actually, like, one of the areas that we've talked about as a potential, um, you know, kind of a sleeper category people aren't thinking about as much is the potential for literary NFTs and, like, of the intersection course. of, yeah, yeah. what, what Why are your do you thoughts on that?
0: What are my thoughts on that? You think I did yeah. this book games thing to, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, fucking Gary Vee did it to be a New York Times bestselling author. Motherfucker, I did that five times already. Totally. Like, do you understand the economics of book publishing deals? I'll make more money on roya- I made more money on royalties in the first twenty four hours on Token Trove, immutable, than I did in my book deal of selling all those books. People don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, you- I didn't do book games to be num- uh, to be a fucking on the New York Times bestselling list. I did that a hundred fucking times. I did I did it because I want to innovate. Physical goods sold because of the value of the NFT. I learned. You know how many fucking subscriptions of empathy wine i would sell right now if it got dropped with an empathy elephant nft <laughs> sam you think we did a good job in the office you were in mean john and nate back then three years ago we did a great job we sold that company to constellation for tons of money you can't even imagine i could you know, i don't even want to think what i could do with that i needed to learn you know what else i wanted to do i wanted to establish myself in literary nfts because guess what i was done with my book contract and so now I'm a free agent. Now HarperCollins is in a big fucking problem. If they want one of their best authors, they're going to have to give me such an upfront deal to buy me out of doing it myself. Maddie, people are confused out here. They're confused. I'm seriously not fucking around. And I put in the work. Sam, tell them how much I work. How I really do it. What, how many seconds are ever fucking spared tell them I mean,
2: this, this podcast is being recorded at 9 9 13 i'm not talking on, about on a that night. i'm
0: talking about you watched it day in and day out like tell them
2: tell yeah. them tell oh, the audience sure.
0: like i'm not watching youtube videos
2: no 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 no. just running and gunning five minute meeting five minute meeting quick briefing diving straight to the point for sure all with good vibes all
0: with good all with never yelling at anybody, all with trying to bring value, all with trying to stand up, all for champion my homies that go on to do their own things, that play in my own. I cheer for Sam's shit. So, do you, let understand, me you, how, you like, understand how may, rare may that, Do you understand how rare that is? Do you know how this rare that is? Query, so go ahead.
3: Gary, this is, this go. Can, it's rare. Go. But let's talk about this hustle culture, man. Let's, let's talk let's about talk hustle about porn. Let's talk about it. Dude, it, it, it I'm all about have mental you, health. Have, so you ever, would, have you ever read Crush It? No, nah, I haven't ra- read Crush It yet. Good. Let not. me tell you Hustle
0: Porn. Somebody wrote a Medium article about me that had 37 things that were false in it, and I became the okay. poster child of something I never preached. Let's talk about it.
3: Let's talk. I don't even know what the book was or the article.
0: Let's talk about it. What was the things that you were <laughs> It was called Hustle about? Porn, and to put my face on it, and how the fuck do you think I got tagged with this bullshit? I have talked about loving what you do. In, in Crush It, I talk about make 67000 a year talking about honey, work nine to five. I'm sorry that my hobby is my job. I enjoy it. A lot of people like to Don't ski. Don't apologize for that. But, apologize. But, but, we, we no, it's, our job no, is no, our hobby too. No, no, so no, no, no. Know, it's like, very important because, I've, because I'm all about mental health too. It's a huge thing for me. Happiness is a huge thing for me. Why, Ali, ask me why I'm saying that 90 to 99% of all projects are gonna fail every day. Why, ask me why.
3: Just to make sure people get taken care of and be aware of. Let me give you a different truth, answer. Right?
0: Because when it happens, if I can stop one kid from this day, when the shit hits the fan, And they've been flexing on all their friends. You fucking are stupid. I fucking knew about NFT. You should have listened to me, dog. I put in fucking 800. It's now worth 7,000. This pony, you're fucking slepping away at Best Buy. All these kids are talking shit to their friends that are not on. And when the shit hits the fan, they're going to have all that heat back at them. And most kids aren't going to have the stomach to deal with it. And some kids are going to be so weak stomached that they're going to be in a bad place. There's a reason Wall Street dudes jump out the fucking window. I'm very worried out here, Allie. Ali.
3: So, so, so let's talk so about this. So back to scary. the point. So w- yeah, go ahead. What do you do? What do you do? Because so many people look to you, so many kids, mm-hmm. right? The co- upcoming generation. It, like, I grew up watching you, dude. Like, that's yep, the reality. You. you know what thank I mean? You. And that, that's, the, that, that's awesome. I'm out of respect for you. But like, what are some things that you do personally for your own mental health that you take care of? I know you're up at 3 a.m. You're talking about I'm this. Not, you're training, I'm not. Like,
0: I'm only up at 3 a.m. in these hot moments. What do I do for my mental health? Number one, first and foremost, there's nothing even close. My perspective is so on point. I don't give a fuck about business. Let's, like, let's be very focused on this. I don't care about the money. I care about if my parents and my family are healthy and really everything else is super duper, super duper secondary. And I mean it. But most people won't believe it because 99% of people don't know me. The reason I keep saying Sam, tell them is Sam got to see it closer than you guys got to see it. Definitely closer than anybody who's listening got to see it. But Sam's not as close as Lou and Alex, my admins. They get to see it better. They've seen real shit, right? Then I have my actual friends. Then my actual family. I'm chill out here. My high energy that has people thinking I'm doing Ritalin and also, I laugh when people, I don't even, I've never even smoked a cigarette. People are like, dude, this guy's a crack. Like I'm just happy. This is called happiness. This is called being content. So a couple things. One, perspective. It's all gratitude. I am grateful for everything I have, starting with the health of the people I care about. After that, it's not, everyone's like, well, easy to be grateful for all the riches. What about the? if you talk to anybody that knew me 18 to 25 when there was nothing like this? I'm the same dude, same guy. I was pumped then. It's the at-bat that I'm happy for, the chance to play. Number two, I sleep 90% of the time Seven to eight hours a night. When everyone's like, this guy, like, it drives me crazy. Even though I put out content, you know this, Sam, I, I think this is before your time. When I had Ariana Huffington in the old office on Ask Gary V show, like, I, like, made a point to be like, I'm telling you guys, I'm, I'm very productive when I'm awake. Back to the point what I said about Sam, when I'm awake and on the field, I'm productive as fuck. You can sleep one hour a day. If you suck shit the other 23 hours you're awake, you lost. So I sleep a lot, um, but most of all I'm just content and grateful, like, and, and I think there's another big thing. I know who I am and what my values are and like who I am, and so I'm able to deal with other people's judgment. The reason, can you imagine like me? Like the reason I'm me is because I'm capable of eating, being made fun of, being called things that are not true, false accusation, like you have to be able to have the stomach for that, you know? Can you take the punch? Entrepreneurship, life, like can you take the punch? Most people can't take the punch in the mouth. And so then they shouldn't play that game. Like, I can't take the physical punch in the mouth, which is why I'm not a mixed martial artist. But when it comes to fucking being an entrepreneur and being out there as a personality, there's nobody that can take a bigger punch. I love it, man. And so that, Ali, right? Like, You gotta know who you are. If you know that you're insecure, if you're insecure, Don't put yourself out there right away. Build build some security into your bones because if you put yourself out there and you're insecure, you're going to be fretting about everything. And the problem is people love when they're called the goat. People love when they're called super hot. But what about when they don't call you the goat or when you're 60 and they don't call you hot anymore? If you get too high on the accolades, you become vulnerable for the fucking trolling and the hate. The reason I can deal with people shitting on me is because when they tell me I'm the best, I don't hear it. I'm grateful, I'm appreciative, it's kind, I'm thankful, I'm. it's beautiful, I'm so humbled by it, but I don't think I'm great. And when you don't think you're that, then, then you're also not vulnerable when they tell you you're shit. So that's, right. my mental health is on point because I don't get too high or too low. And too many people read their accolades when they're on their way up which means they're dead when they're shitting on them.
3: Yeah, yeah you. Re- this whole, this whole spiel it reminds me of the the Ruder Kipling poem. Man, I feel like if I don't know if you read that poem. No. I'm gonna send it to you, Gary. Kids. This was it, like that poem really speaks to everything that you just described. I Appreciate it's, the it's, humility. It's
0: really humility is the only thing that makes me palpable. Because I have so much conviction and fucking competitiveness. <laughs> I have so much conviction and competitiveness. I thank my parents' DNA every day. I'm like, man, if they didn't also give me that humility in a big way, I'd be impossible because the conviction and confidence and competitiveness is so high. By the way, that's why that's why I'm empathetic. I've got so much of that, that if you catch me in the right clip, you catch me in the right moment, even the one whole long interview, you might be like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. Because if you're not in a good place and you're seeing somebody come on that's in a good place and bringing it, it's, it's not comfortable. I want to say this one thing. Um, a lot of people are like influencers, influencers, influencers. Everybody needs to pay attention. There's a group of influencers, because they're influential out there, that that is their core occupation. There's another group of people that are influential that are also operators. And if you really, really get good at dissecting it, and I look at it every day, Shundoris Right, His little time machine thing, I gotta go look. I gotta buy more. I just have watched him from Snapchat to today operate. Build a hundreds and hundreds of people organization in Utah. You, Sam. There's been a lot of people that have left the Gary V. world to go do. Like, but I just knew from day one because I watch. Right? like My influence came from my operating. I built businesses for a long time before I even made one video. I was 34 when I made my first business video. I'd already built it. Like, look for operators, they will help you. Time
2: out, time out. This is Sam, wanted to give you a quick heads up that this podcast was actually recorded over the course of two conversations. So that's a wrap for part one. Hope you've been enjoying it. Let's dive into part two. The foundation of a lot of your career is always being at the forefront of identifying and executing upon underpriced attention. So I know NFTs aren't necessarily a kind of a platform per se, But they do really present a new way to grow, engage, and reward community. So I'm thinking from your perspective, how can creators and brands take advantage of the underpriced attention uh, opportunity that there is with NFTs right now?
0: By executing a program. I mean, to your point, and obviously you've been in the Vayner land, and so for the people that don't know that terminology, a way to encompass everything I've ever done, email, a website in 96, YouTube, no six, all my investing thesis... Uh, Gunna, Logan Paul, Charlie D'Amelio, people that I interacted with years before. I mean, last night at 9.30, right? Uh, Kim Suzy, like an an emerging fashion designer that I'm just like, she's going to be humongous in four years. Um, You know, I really think about things from the term of underpriced attention. It's almost like real estate. Can you buy property? You know, Dan Gilbert bought up all of Detroit for nothing because he saw in a decade, it could be something. That's kind of how I think about attention. I think with Web3 NFT land clearly that falls into that same thesis but I think creators and brands the best way you can do it is actually making a project because projects are far more financially successful right now than they're going to be in the future for the, for the, for the middle and long tail because of how much supply and demand will play out and you'll have to be remarkable to have a $40 million NFT drop in six years, you'll have to be remarkable to have a three, four, $5 million NFT drop in three, four, five years. But today, a lot of average projects are doing that easily. And so if you're a creator of brand, that is really the best way um, because the only other way to kind of get involved is to, for a creator and brand, for a creator is to be a human being that invests in projects and that's very high risk. And for a brand, you know, really you can do marketing, lightweight marketing behavior around that, but I don't think you're going to get as much ROI as you would if you did your own project. And so to me, it's actually executing a project.
1: Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, you know, as we look at the, the NFT markets, like one of the interesting trends uh, of this year has been kind of this renaissance with historical NFTs. Um, you know, there's that OG project, Crypto Skulls, that had a big moment and, and sort of led to a bull run uh, in the space. I know you're, you're big on historical NFTs. What's your thesis there and how do you assess which projects are going to hold value?
0: I believe everything pre-2019 needs to be looked at 10,000 times harder than everything post-2020. Um, not because that means just because it's old, it's a good project. But my intuition and my collecting history of the last 30 years tells me that most projects in back half 2020 and all of 2021 were in reaction to what happened in first half 2020, which is like, oh shit, this is happening, right? And I think we have to all in the NFT space give a ton of credit to NBA Top Shot because even going into, you know, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like thinking uh, 2020. I'm, I, I forgot it's 2022. To reset those numbers, 2020 back half was really NBA Top Shop. 2021, Q1, was when the shit kind of went down. And most of the projects in late, in second half 2021 and all of 2022 are predominantly reactions to what happened with back half 2020 Top Shot, kind of that you know, it's scary to say OG Q1 2021, but that's how fast this is all moving. I mean, I got in in January kind of seriously, and the community was microscopic in the scheme of things. What that le- led myself to believing, Matt, is the following, that in 2027, in 2032, in 2049, when people really looking at it, strictly from art and collectability, because obviously NFTs are gonna mean so much more on the utility side than the collectability and side. But when people look back, I do think no different than now, Matt, you and a bunch of other nerds, me included, get really excited about finding something, even if it's Namecoin stuff, even if it's Bitcoin stuff, even if it's very like uncovering early Ethereum stuff, there's always just an adrenaline rush, something cooler about old. I always look up on eBay, old shit, right? Like, like an old Valentine's Day card is $15. Why? Just cause it's old, that's why. Now it's not $5 million, but it's $15. And so the reason I get excited about OG projects is I feel safer with my money in them. I think it's more likely that plasma bears, that curio cards, that skulls will do well Crypto strikers will do well in comparison to 99% of the projects that come out now. Now, the projects that come out now, the best operators are going to build monsters. Like there will be monsters. But I think it's a safer overall bet. I, th- I don't think a lot of people realize that the 2022 back half 2021 NFT projects that when I say are going to zero, it's not that they're gonna to go to zero, 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 like out of business the way a, a stock goes to zero and is like delisted from the stock exchange. I mean, you minted it for 600 bucks and in three years it's $6, right? Like uh, what? I, let's use sports card terms or comic book terms or toys terms or sneakers terms, a common, a common. AKA, nobody really wants this random, Spider-Man's legit, but nobody really wants Spider-Man 319 if it's just a normal Spider-Man from 1996 with nothing going on. And that's how I look at most 2022 projects, outside of the operators that know exactly what they're doing and actually get demand. Because it's all about building demand. Old, quote unquote, pre, you know, 2019 projects and back, they by nature will have a little bit of demand because they're just older. That's how humans collect. That's been proven for a hundred years. And that's why I've liked the OG stuff.
2: Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I know, I mean, in the, the spirit of OG stuff, I mean, you have 60 CryptoPunks. Like uh, I know a lot of them are like seven figure CryptoPunks and I mean, that, they're talking like tens of millions of dollars worth of CryptoPunks. Can you just like, how much money have you spent on NFTs? How is it kind of appreciated when it comes to your own experience as a collector?
0: This is so fun because you know me well enough to know. The answer is I'm not sure. I really haven't looked. <laughs> I'm really not sure. This is where I'm a little loose. My financial advisors and everybody get really upset about this, but it's the truth. I mean, obviously, I know I spent a million dollars on that first bag of like forty or fifty crypto. I remember that very vividly. But you know, I wear very heavy purple hats. I I like them and
2: And when was that? That was in like that was March, in, February. February
0: or March, right. Exactly. February or March. About a year ago. Um I might even be a year ago today. I have to go look. Um, February 24th, for some reason, really sits in my head. So maybe tomorrow. But um, then then through the fund that me and my brother, AJ, have, we um, we made a very big purchase of an ape later in the year, last year. Um, uh, I bought a zombie. Actually, I bought a zombie in March or April. I think that was like 600. Or that was after VFriends because I got a little bit of an ETH bag. So VFriends was May 12th. So probably in June, I bought a... Uh, a zombie and maybe in July or August, I bought an ape. The the zombie I think was 800,000, 680 to 860, I don't, maybe my dyslexia kicking, I'm not sure exactly there, but, um, and then listen, I've spent a lot of, you know, I've done really well. Like I minted my world of women, uh, you know, Jimmy from NFT forty two and a couple other people because I, that was right when V friends were having gifted me apes on the mint day so I've se- you know I've seven of those characters I I spent a good bag on the X copy plasma bear complete plasma bear X copies which I think are just bananas they're my truly my favorite um, I have some uh, you know but like I get you know if I had to guess brother want take the fund out with the three million dollar ape because I have a piece of that, Um, you know, millions, five, four, you know, like real numbers. And, you know, from an appreciation standpoint, you know, whether it's 20 or 30 or 40 right now, it's really kind of irrelevant. Like I have 10 night goddesses, you know, that I bought for one or two ETH or three max, you know, those things seem to be building real momentum. Like I'm gonna do extremely well, but I'm also in the mindset of like, If World of Women doesn't execute properly over the next five years, they'll be way less valuable than they are right now. So I'm not really big on counting my chickens. I'm also incredibly non-transactional. I rarely, almost never. That's been the big blessing by the way. The fact that people can see all the transparency. It's my, I knew this is why I was gonna love Web3. And it's shaping up. Like people can't make the claims, sports cards really hurt my feelings. I was doing all the right things, bringing so much, doing all the right things and people are like, oh, he's pumping up players and selling them, it was just lies, not true. And I've loved that in every hubbub of personalities doing wrong or right or indifferent, like all the data is on the blockchain. And, you know, I mean, I think I've sold 0.001% of the NFTs I've ever owned, like by accident, you know, like for, for the most part and so I'm not counting my chickens. I could end up in seven years being in a loss, but I'm just so long NFT. And and like, I just really believe, And I'd rather like seven of my 10 biggest holdings, like on-chain monkeys, I minted for free. They're like pretty solid right now. I can get 10,000 bucks a piece. I probably have 10 or 20 of them. That's wild. That's big money, right? Like I'm not delusional, even though I've done well in my career. I made 40, 50, 60,000 a year in my 20s. These are big numbers to me. I came from the dirt. But, and, I, and by the way, i like genuinely believe if on chain monkeys doesn't do the right thing over the next seven years that we're talking about they're $18, not 10,000. But I'd rather hold them all, let seven of them all go to zero. And when I say seven of them, I mean seven of the collections I went big on, where there's 30, 40, 50 pieces in each. Because I know the three that do go there, I think covers the field. And I'd rather not try to guess which ones other than if I see bad behavior from the founders.
1: Totally. No, it makes sense. I think you bring up a really great point, which is that everything is transparent, public on the blockchain. And so it's kind of interesting when I see people say, oh, Gary is like pumping and dumping when like what you're doing is you're buying and holding. And so I'm curious kind of yeah, how you and, respond and to the, those critics.
0: Those critics have been really fair to me. I think they headline real, real quick, they get over emotional, but that's what's great about the blockchain. Unlike the sports card critics, or other critics in marketing that said I was pumping TikTok for some, like as if I owned anything of TikTok. It's owned by China. Like I'm pumping it because I want to be historically correct and I trade on my reputation, right? As far as the critics, I, I've been very grateful of the Web three community. Of course, I invoke emotion. I have a lot of followers. I, I'm, I'm very well known, um, but. When people get heated with me or like try, anytime somebody really tries to say I'm a bad dude, I'm, I'm happy to engage with it. I'm like, hey, break it down for me. Like, what, what are you seeing? Because with the blockchain, you can do it. And it's huge. It's been a huge win for me because I've always been buy and hold. I, I'm not as much, I'm not a day trader. I'd like to be, by the way. On the record, I wish I could be. I, on the record, I wish I was 25 when this all happened. I would have made a fortune, like a fortune. And I would have been day trading because I understand how humans work. Mint, first day, next day, like I'm very good at it. Um, and so, because for me, somebody listening and hearing that being like, no, but you weren't Gary Vee. They don't understand, Gary Vee is a problem for me. I overtly have to hold, I believe, to like intact a good reputation. I actually think Gary Vee is detrimental for me. It's beneficial for the things I buy into. <laughs> Like, alien friends is happy. You know, world. You know, women and weapons is happy. Mumbat the artist, she's happy. <laughs> like the We're things backs. I buy into are happy. But for me, I don't have the liquidation event on the back end. But that's okay. Is that
3: self-imposed? Because though? Is that I'm playing so. Is that self? It's
0: self-imposed because I'm uh, because I'm playing long and I want to be thoughtful and I understand how people are going to think and so it's okay. Like I'd rather lose a lot more money and be respected. Reputa- you know legacy over currency, right? And I I know that everybody, thank you. And I know right now that everyone is in day trading, we're in greed land, Mm -hmm. you know? And and I wanna be very, I'm incredibly thoughtful.
3: Yeah, speaking of greed land, actually, this is a really great segue. And like, I'd love to address a few things, but in my perspective, Gary, and like, this is just throwing you some roses. I feel like you are the Paul Graham of the NFT industry. You know, what Paul Graham did for startups with Y Combinator in the early 2000s, things of that capacity. I'm seeing a lot of themes that are very similar in the way that you are investing in the space, not only through NFTs, but in founders and things of that nature. Case in point, you invested in us. You took a chance on us doing that capacity in that front. So perspective. And,
0: and, and 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 real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's a really interesting insight on that because I appreciate that. And I'll even go further In the advertising agency landscape, back to like being legacy over currency and actually being good dude instead of like transactional, in the advertising agency world, it's very rare when a Sam works at Vayner and then decides, hey, I'm ready to do my own thing. I wanna do my own thing and goes and does his own thing where the founder of the original place doesn't get mad. It's rare. Facts. unfortunate this is what's all 12 and a half is written about this is where i want to change the conversation around business it's rare they shun them they sue them you know you know the same like it's crazy i on the other hand champion
3: yeah and just to, to, to that point it's more on the advertising public relations communication side because like a lot of tech companies the founders yes. do end up writing checks for their employees right the, the rise of the paper yes, mafias right. the facebooks is right? the, right. right? the coinbase's so
0: I think that's a great call out
3: on that. Anyway, on the-
0: nonetheless, you were finishing your thought, but yeah, I just man. wanted to make that point because I think more people need to, I'm seeing it in Web3. People are losing their designers. Their designers feel like they want to do their own project and they're not being lovely about it.
3: Which is actually going back to my point. So in that capacity, Gary, we've seen a lot of, um, you know, as asteric like precisioning of like the whitelist problems, right? We're seeing a lot of phishing, we're seeing a lot of scams. What are some frameworks and tools that you think need to be built to protect the collectors and the individuals who are pretty much putting their blood, sweat and tears into the industry?
0: Education is imperative. We need more and more and more education. And we're all going through that now. I actually think this is a conversation about people giving up their custodial rights.
3: Can you explain that for our listeners? uh, So our listeners may not know what custodial rights are. Gary, can you explain that to them?
0: Yeah. You know, the essence of Web3 is I'm going to control my fate. No bank is. No credit card company. No server, right? It's all decentralized. I have my wallet. I have my seed phrase. And I don't have to pay any transaction fees. It's besides gas on ETH, which has its own problems. Like, you know, this is awesome. The problem is people are getting their shit stolen. And I have a funny feeling when the big institutions, whoever they may be, Amazon, Meta, Coinbase, whoever, start offering, hey, we'll hold your NFTs. If they get stolen, we reimburse you at current value or whatever, right? Uh, I have a funny feeling a lot of people are gonna raise their hand and give up the 3% per transaction. You know, like, like we like having credit cards. We use them. We feel good when somebody steals our credit card because we know get, we get our money back. And, but we pay fees for that. And it's gonna be a very interesting rub because you're either gonna have to be educated enough to never get caught and have your shit stolen, or you're gonna give up some of the economics to have peace of mind.
3: Do you see a future where we see FD, the, the equivalent of an FDIC for the NFT industry?
0: I'm not sure. Um, I'm not educated enough to give you a good answer on that. So I'm not sure. Um, But the point of the blockchain is to give the human the control. But like everything in life, humans love control until something bad happens. You love, like I, I can show you unlimited people that tweet one thing about like, this is fucking awesome. Fuck the establishment, fuck the institutions. And then seven months later, have a tweet being like, we got to do something. The government's got to do something about this. I just (laughs) had my shit stolen. So, so you know, it's really too bad. But the scammers are having a field day. It's early. A lot of money at play. So you have very talented scammers spending a lot of time and energy because if they hit a Eureka scam moment, they can make a lot, a lot, a lot of money. And it's really unfortunate because with any... Great new, you know, when, when we bought America, when we bought the West, yeah, that was awesome. We were building one of the great countries that was ever going to be built. America's got plenty of its flaws, but like there's undeniable conversation that in a thousand years when people analyze or robots analyze the world, America had a remarkable run, right?
3: Manifest destiny, baby.
0: Right? So the, what's really interesting is when we bought the West Coast, there was... A lot of gold rush things going on some good some bad and that's what's happening right now
3: so do you think like on that point of like a lot of money at stake everybody looking at this right there's big numbers right do you think that there's a bubble right now in the nft market
0: yes yes i think that the it's very clear to me that 98, 97... This is Internet Stock 99. I've been saying it from the get. It was so obvious that there's too many projects that are overvalued um, and there's too many founders that are not capable of executing the next half decade to create enough demand against their...
3: Yeah, let's let's dive into that. What do you mean by that? The founders can't execute on that front. I
0: think too many... It, and this is not an indication on any specific founders, this is just a general statement. There's too many people that run projects right now that will, will end up not being good enough creating demand and the move of like just keep airdropping more NFTs will ultimately not matter. If you have 97, you know, um, 97 Power Ranger action figures in original box sitting in your home, it doesn't matter they you have 97 of them instead of one, people still don't wanna buy the Power Ranger toy, thus creating a scenario where it doesn't matter if you drop four to five derivative NFTs to people, if nobody wants it, it's not going to matter. And so every single founder in NFT land's job mm-hmm. is to create demand.
3: Absolutely. And so and,
0: and flushing the market with more product isn't necessarily a demand. It's a short term blump because people are like, wait a minute, if I have the alpha piece, I keep getting derivatives. But- Eventually, you're going to have to create natural demand through storytelling or other behaviors. And I think most people will struggle at that.
3: I hear you on that front. And let's double down on that. Like, let's talk about two part front. How do people can protect themselves from a bubble specifically here? And like, I know that you've mentioned that you're really looking forward to fiat, like securing fiat a little bit. You've been mentioning that before. And then number two, let's let's address engagement versus retention for these projects.
0: So I think the best way to avoid a bubble is to expect the bubble. And so don't bet anything you can't afford to lose. Uh, Take some winnings off the table. If you can't afford to lose it right now, if you're listening, I won't, even though I know bubbles coming because I'm going to try to build on the back of the bubble after. Um, What you were referring to, is, I've said to you in the past, we obviously did a podcast before that crashed, like we lost some of, I know you got some of the footage, I hope you put out some of the clips, but um, I'm keeping some USD, even though i do not in love with USD, I love it for what I can do with it when and if there's a bubble burst. I think the best way actually though, is to invest in founders. Like if you watched four Jeff Bezos interviews and watched and ha- got lucky enough to meet Jeff Bezos at an event and talk to him, you would have left confident that he would have navigated the 2000 internet stock bubble crash. And I think that's what I'm looking for.
3: That's, a, that's fantastic. To, I
0: actually have three, you know, that's what I'm trying to do more. I'm trying to spend time with the founders of the best projects or the projects that seemingly are doing well. I'm gonna to try to allocate more time post series 2B friends to have one-on-one meetings, 20, 30, 40 minute meetings, and just assess who I think is gonna be able to get through the storm.
3: That's gonna be amazing. And so let's transition over to uh, your IRL concepts, right? You're, you're, you're really blending in the URL, IRL gap really strongly. Um, you just launched Flyfish, and you know that you got some pretty big things launching for vFriends. You got VCon coming up this May. You got V friends version two, like, how do you explain how you plan to unleash the utility that you have for 2022?
0: I think that 2020 and 2021 and 2022 will be the years of art and collectibles with a hint of utility. I believe that 2025, 2026, 2027, the whole game will be utility with a hint of collectability. And I think what vFriends represents is a project that really did both pretty aggressively. So, you know, the URL, IRL thing, I think about a ton because I think where NFTs get really powerful is when they are a utility to create access to something, right? When they're a ticket to something, when they are redemption to something physical. And, um, you know, I'm I'm the furthest person from a believer that we're going to live in the metaverse 24/7. There will always be the real world at scale, I believe, at least in my lifetime for sure. And um and so I think that everybody should be spending a lot more time with IRL and not just like hoodies, you know? Like I think and not just like a random party at South by Southwest like Meaningful, meaningful events, meaningful, meaningful product. I think there's product that can bring more value to people than apparel, though I'm all in on apparel and going to do something huge for a spring, summer collection for be friends. But I think we need to expand more. And so I think about it daily.
2: And as we come to a close, Gary, what advice do you have for people that uh, are releasing NFT projects that they want to be successful? I know you're kind of a thoroughbred community builder, uh, what are some of the, the most important things for people to focus on?
0: Here are the things you should not do. You should not put my image or or Mr. Beast or <laughs> or or Pranksy or Logan Paul or or Reese Witherspoon or Eva Longoria's photo in a Instagram ad and make because you airdropped the NFT to us and then say backed by Gary Vee or Reese Witherspoon. Not because of any other reason, not Not because not only is it like dishonest and that's just always a bad strategy, but people like me and others are doing our homework to figure out who's behind these projects and it's gonna ruin your reputation for your entire career and it was unnecessary. Like the amount of, you know, it's really too bad. Uh, What else you should not do is pay influencers to tweet about it. It's short term, you'll just get a quick little bump and then your project will die. What you should not do is make outlandish promises on a roadmap and think that's why people are gonna buy it, what you should do is go slow and steady. You should be a snail. You should realize that, build a community, step by step, stay within your means, do what you can do, make it authentic to you. I take a lot of heat, as you guys know, for the art of friends not being strong. It also led to a very strategic misstep on my part which was I completely missed the PFP craze. Cause even the, I mean, literally people that I think I could convince to be in a Gary V cult, literally, like the biggest fans I have on earth that like, I like try to convince to them that like, I'm way worse than you think. Like, please, I'm just a human being, like calm down. Even they have like bullshit NFT projects in their Twitter profile, not V friends, even though they own a V friend, it's the best move they've ever done because it doesn't bode well I never made a PFP maker. So, but, it's still the happiest thing I've done. The fact that I'm gonna spend the next 45 years building a Disney, building a Pokemon, building a My Little Pony, a a Transformers, and I was the human, me, I was the human being that drew them, that's insane. Actually, I got a fun alpha for you. Let's go. Here's a big one, for anybody who listens to this, I think this could help. If I'm right that V Friends is gonna be a monster. One thing that is incredibly unknown is that my drawings were then turned into digital assets, right? It was pretty basic, but there was some work on the rarities and things of that nature. And how exactly were we going to do it? And the designer that worked on that was Frankie, one of the co-founders of Subducks. And so... I've always thought that I want to like ape into SubDucks and I have a little bit here and there in some of the other derivative projects because I'm like, man, I Frankie's an OG and I actually believe in him. I believe in myself the most and think I'm going to build the number one project when it's all said and done in 50 years. Well, the provenance is that Frankie was the designer that converted my drawings into the original NFTs. I wonder if that will have a halo effect on SubDucks and him. And so... Um, it was very important to me that it was from my fingertip, and so for all the people trying, Sam, to launch a project, make it your own. The amount of entrepreneurs that go hire some random designer that they've never had a relationship with, tell them to bang out some derivative, you know, generative project, excuse me, not derivative, generative kind of concept around, yeah, let's just make it about whales. There'll be wonderful whales, wonderful whale society, yay. Let's find an artist at a lowest cost. Let's not even give him a piece of the action or if we can help it, let's just pay him a fee or maybe we'll pay her a little piece. And like, there's no soul to it. They don't even give a shit. They're just, you know, to me, I gave a shit. Like empathy elephant and patient panda get talked about constantly because Gary Vee talks about that. AKA Gary Vaynerchuk believes in it. AKA I drew those fuckers. I drew that fucking elephant. Like I did, me. So I laugh when people, very quickly, everybody got away from Providence, which was an essential part of the blockchain. The fucking North Star. All of a sudden, the market is forgetting that in lieu of their subjective opinion if something looks good. As if not 99% of all these projects look exactly the fucking same. As if that's not the case. I can't fucking tell 98% of these projects apart. So cool, so you made them face left instead of right? You're a real fucking genius. Right, like fuck. <laughs> the originality is whack right now because we're in the greed zone. But I promise you, the real artists, they're coming. And some okay. of the people that are in here right now that did something a hair whack learned. And their second thing is gonna be rad. And you know, I, I think brighter days are ahead. But we are in Scam City and Greed City right now, which, you know, for me means like a great time to buy. Believe it or not, like right now is the first time I'm actually looking at maybe buying some stuff. Cause you know, everyone's fudding a little bit because it's a lot of intensity. But quietly, Coinbase is close, meta is close, like a ton of scale is coming too. So it's an amazing time, lots of ingredients for opportunity
2: love it well gary thank you so much for uh, for coming on for helping to educate the, the masses uh unleash a lot of the, the true utility and potential of this technology max thank you so much love you guys oh man what a what a conversation man i was it, like it, he wasn't kidding about the, that conv- that that conviction I, I felt it through the screen
3: yeah absolutely i think like him that confidence, you know, of like seeing his value, think it will manifest into reality. And just like his, his clarity around what NFTs are, like what really struck me was his historical knowledge of symbolisms and how like that the evolution of signaling around human nature from all the way prehistoric to political to things and how we have used different mediums of technology to our in a, in a way um, the value that's being created and how celebrity have been how celebrities have been made through these different platforms that was really something that stood out for me that I was not expecting Gary to speak to so I'm super 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 taken back by that and inspired by his conviction again you know the man is willing everything to his
1: to his cause yeah i mean you heard him he said it v friends is going to be the project he said it that that's a that's a hell of a thing to say that's a that's a lot of conviction um, you know, you, you felt it in everything he was speaking. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't bet against a man like that, right? Uh, so it's, it's, it was really great hearing his perspective. Um, Love the thoughts on utility. Love the thoughts on community. Love the thoughts on, on, you know, all of the work that goes into building a community, like the one that he has built, uh, and, and now transitioned over into Web3 uh, with vFriends. And uh, look, excited to continue blowing up his dms at 4 a.m you know to find that alpha
2: (laughs) there it is there it is well um really enjoyed having him on really appreciate all you guys for tuning in um if you haven't already definitely want to encourage you got a bunch of resources on our website different articles guides lots of different ways to to get involved and participate in this uh this movement so thank you for tuning in we'll be back next week until then we out (coughs)